want to give a heads up. I, I gave this shear for the ladies uh, about nine years ago. So I'm not sure if there's anybody in the Kerlo who uh, was, was, except for my wife, was here from that, that school for maybe Panina, maybe. So Panina, if you have any questions from last time, you can get them in now. Uh, okay. Um, so there's one or two points which I, I think I clarified to myself differently than what I had then. So uh, uh, I am recording. I'm recording. I'm recording not through the Zoom. I'm recording through. Um, interesting idea. Um, let me just close that so I can get the bottom of the, the bottom of my Zoom meeting control. Um, here we go. Okay. Um, so it took us two shiurim to cover everything in the material, two hours shiurim to cover everything in the material. And even then, I did not cover everything in the handout. So, uh, so I just I gave an introduction to the beginning of the second shear that somebody had asked me that week just about like why Torah is so detailed. Um, so the analogy which I used to explain it is that uh, a person reads a novel, reads one of the, one of the classics, and so they have to take a test on it. So they go, they go, they buy a copy of the Cliff Notes, and the Cliff Notes is 36 pages long, and it covers the whole book in 36 pages, but the book itself is, is 750 pages long. So you could ask a very good question, like, why in the world did this fellow waste 750 pages if you got the whole book in 36 pages? So uh, barring the fact that the answer that he was making money per page, which might be an answer, um, I think Dickens actually was paid per page, and that's why his, his books were so had so many so many details in them. But the, you don't get the, the flavor of the book. You don't really get without the details. On the other hand, sometimes you get bogged down in details, and then you miss the, the, the actual story. So you need to have the, the flavor of, of Shabbos, and then you realize that the, the details will enhance the kiyum of Shabbos. So you're missing the flavor of Shabbos, so then you don't get it. And if um, if you just have the flavor without the details, you also don't really get it. So there's a lot of details. Um, so let's see what we can do with it. Well, the name of the shear is From Table to Sink, in which the, the point is cleaning up the issues which come up while you're cleaning up after a suda. So that could be specifically issues on the table. It could be also being issues on there was a spill on the floor how to do, or on the table, how to deal with the spill, um, how to deal with, and then how to deal with washing dishes, cleaning up the, cleaning up the kitchen, you know, putting things away, what you ought to put away, etc. That's that's the, the flavor of, of the of the shear. So I think if you look at the just quick, quickly if we quickly scroll through the handout, I just I need to um, minimize this. Um, so um, so I start off with discussing the issues of muksa. Uh, you notice as you as you go down the page, the section you know I, I put the second column is what is the issue, so um, so usually it's it, the, the the first set of issues is muksa, then you get involved in what, cleaning up the the floor etc. 
we touch on the issues of malabin, sometimes you're getting involved in malacha malabin, which is washing something. Um, and go through that, go through malabin, which includes squeezing, etc. Um, the second section I left is open for the women to fill in, uh, which I never filled in myself, which I probably should do at some point in time. Then we get involved in, finally, by, by number 29, we get involved in putting in food, which is a hachona. Um, and then there's also the question of a freezing thing, which is a merlin issue. And then there's potentially a lot of burger possibilities, as you see from some of the, some of the issues. Then we get into soaping, which is memoreach, back to sorting, which is a form of burger. And then eventually there's some moksha issues at the end. So um, the first section, a lot of it deals with moksha. So, interestingly enough, Chazal came along and said the following. So you have food, but at the beginning of Shabbos, started out, and the food was human food for humans. And now, uh, it's no longer edible for humans. So it goes from being edible to being inedible. Inedible items, have, they're, not, they're not a kli, they're not food. They're useless. They become muksa. So something can, beca- can become muksa on Shabbos. You can go from being something which is usable to being non-usable. So the beginning of Shabbos, I had a piece of chicken. I don't look at the bones as being muksa. They're part of the, they're part of the overall piece of chicken, and therefore they're not muksa. If I eat off all of the chickens, I have no use for the. Um, uh, I just, I mute everybody. If somebody has a question, please feel free to unmute. But meanwhile, uh, everybody's muted. Um, So, what, what about a situation where it goes to being, it goes to being usable, edible to being inedible, which makes it, that's the fact you should make it muksa, but it's usable for animals. It goes from being human food to animal food. Is that is that an acceptable option of maintaining its non-muksa status? Food which gives animals, it's also a use. It has a use, so it's not useless. Things which are useless. If they're not a clee and they're not a food, they're, they're useless. A stone, a piece of wood, those things which have not been made to, to have a function are considered muksa. So lechera, this is not useless. It has a, has a function to feed animals. So is that acceptable? So the answer is, interestingly enough, that on Shabbos, yes, and on Yom Tov, no. So we have something which goes from being edible to being inedible, totally inedible, is muksa both on Shabbos and Yom Tov. Something which goes from being edible to being used for animal food, or potential animal food. So Shabbos, that's not muksa. It, it maintains the status of being not muksa. And on Yom Tif, this is one of the examples where Yom Tif is more common than Shabbos, so it becomes muksa. So um, let's say I have, I have, a, I serve some type of a steak. You know, we have a very fancy dinner, we're serving steak, and there's a bone in the steak. So a person might give a bone to, to, to his animal to Noah. So, uh, so that would mean that the bone is not muksa. So I, fit, I started out Shabbos, the bone was part of the bigger steaks, there was not muksa. Now, it, it, I eat all of, all of the meat, so there's no meat left, so I just have the bone, so the bone is not, on Shabbos, that bone would not be muksa. On Yom Tif, that bone would be muksa. Now, chicken bones, however, do not have that option because um, I spoke to a veterinarian, which pointed out that it's not safe to feed chicken bones to animals because they c- it can actually puncture their um, their esophagus, so it's not safe for them to eat it. So people do not tend to use it. So you have something which 
theoretically there are animals which scrounge around the stray dogs which will eat chicken bones but if nobody uses people who own animals don't use this to feed it to animals it's not considered an animal food for this purpose so therefore it becomes useless if it's useless it's muksa so if you start out you start beginning shop you have a piece of chicken and you eat off all of the meat from the piece of chicken and there's so you're very good. You train your you train your family that they eat up every single scrap of edible meat off of that piece of chicken. So good, Baruch Hashem. So now the chicken bones are muksa. So I want to clean the table. And I have a problem. I have items which are muksa. This applies. Um, a person has an orange. The orange peel is is, is muksa. No, I'm giving an introduction right now. I'm, I'm still. Yeah, yeah, right. So. So this applies to m- many areas, and we'll go through some of the details. It applies to many examples. So it, go- it applies to e- eggshells. It applies to nutshells. It applies to orange peels. It applies to banana peels. It applies to the, the, to the watermelon rind, where you get to the point nobody eats it anymore. Watermelon seeds um, that, that, that people don't eat. Uh, the pits from the inside of, inside of a, a date. If you have a, you have a date which has, still has, they're not pitted, so you still have you take out the pits. You, you have a, a core, of, core of an apple, of, of, a, of a peach. All of these different things. All of these are muksa issues. You need to figure out how in the world you're going to move them. So we have a muksa issue. Um, so are, are there? So first, I went through over here a list of different things which may yes or may not be considered muksa. The next question is okay. If it is considered muksa, are there any aids of how to uh, move it? So, because all came along and they said that, and I don't want to clarify, I didn't clarify this well last time, and I want to clarify this. Um, moving muksa. So, how is one allowed, what is the isra of, of muksa, and what is, what is prohibited and what's not prohibited? So, direct movement of muksa, a person picks up the muksa with their hands, is asr. A person moves muksa with their feet, right? So, according to Mishabura, it's mutter. The Chazanishwa disagrees. We call it Mishabur, that's mutter. So tilt of the gufo. You're moving it with your body, that's mutter. So if I want to, if I'm very talented and I can um, use my elbows, not your hands, but I, I, can use, I can reach down with my elbows and pick up that pit and carry it between my two elbows to the, to the uh, garbage can. So that would be mutter to do that. Uh, most people are not as talented as that, so that's not going to be a practical solution. There's something in the middle called tiltul minatsad. I'm not use, I'm using I'm using my hands, but it, but using my hands. But it says if you, instead of using my hands directly, I'm using my using my hands indirectly. So what do I mean? I'm taking a knife. I'm carrying it on a plate. So I'm not I'm not touching the muksa. I'm moving the muksa, and moving muksa is also even if you don't touch it. The issue of muksa is tiltul, not touching. Matter of fact, the opposite is true. If a person would touch muksa in a way that it doesn't move, it's mutter. So a car is muksa. Are you allowed to touch a car? The answer is yes. Are you allowed to move a car? The answer is no. Right? But because so the issue, the muksa is not usher in touching unless the touch is such that it will cause it to move. So let's say I have a raw egg. So we we in general do not use raw eggs. So therefore, raw eggs are considered to be muksa on Shabbos, and not on Yomtiv because you could cook them. But a job is their muksa. Eggs, if you touch them, they tend to move with even the gentlest touch. So that would make, therefore, we, you cannot touch eggs because they're going to move. But the issue is tiltal muksa. So I'm being a tiltal muksa. The definition of tiltal muksa means with your hands. 
but it doesn't mean direct touch by your hands, even indirect touch with you, even if it's indirectly being moved by your hands, so I'm carrying a plate and there's mux on the plate, that is also called tilt of muksa, and it is also. However, if I move muksa indirectly, not for the purpose of the muksa, but the purpose for something which is heter, then it's going to be mutter. Okay, so if I move muksa indirectly on a plate, and my goal is not the muksa, my goal is something else. For example, I need the space where the muksa is. I have my plate over there with this muksa item sitting on it. So, oh my gosh, this is my plate is sitting there, and I need that spot. So I'm picking up the plate with the muksa item, not because I want to move the muksa items, because I need the spot. So my goal isn't the muksa, my goal is the something which is non-muksa. So tiltim in the tzad, for the purpose of something which in itself is not muksa, is permitted. However, so we move through a few stages. Um, indirect tilt of the zasser, as long as you, you're using your hands to be the, the, the part of the body which is doing the act of moving it is the hands, even though it's indirect touch from the hands to the muksa, is going to be a problem. However, it's going to be mutter if you could, if you need it for a heter purpose. But Chazal came along and said, well, why don't you just shake them? I pick up the plate, I need the spot. Then I carry the muksa item on the plate to wherever. Why are you carrying the muksa item on the plate? Just shake it off. So th- there's a requirement of, of near, of shaking the muksa off. But in a case where near is going to cause you a problem, they do not require near. So example of the Gemara, just to give you an idea of the example of the Gemara, the Gemara says, I, I have a situation, I have a barrel, and there's a big muksa rock on top of it. This barrel is situated amongst other barrels. And I want to take this barrel to use. It's, it's, it's half full, and I want to finish this one off before I use the other ones. So I'm picking up the barrel with the muksa on top, not for the muksa purposes. I'm picking it up because I want the, the, the wine, which is inside. So that's tilted. It's indirect. I'm not holding the stone directly. I'm picking up the barrel, which is thereby also moving the stones. That's called indirect movement. It's tilted me inside. And the tzarat of remutzer. But shake off the stone. Well, I don't want to shake off the stone because times of the more, the barrels were made out of earthenware. Now, it's not a great idea to shake off a stone in the presence of earthenware containers because it's going to hit one of them and break it and spill out all of the wine. So I can't shake out the stone. I can't shake off the stone. So that's the Tzarat Dabra Mutter, and near is not possible. So then they said, you know what, carry it with the stone to wherever you need, to a safe place, shake off the stone over there. So I'm, I'm, in a certain sense, I'm focusing on carrying the stone for a side purpose. I need to get it away from all these other barrels. But that's not my primary function. Everybody with me so far? Right? So that's an important... And we haven't gotten to one thing on this chart yet. I just... just I, I, the last time I, I used this concept... And people were very confused by it. So I just want to make sure everybody's clear. But so we, we there's an iser muksa is not touching. This muksa is moving, and moving can be with a part of your body without your hands. So that's mutter, according to the Shabura. So for example, um, raw meat on Shabbos is muksa. People don't eat raw meat, right? So I, I have a very expensive roast. I, I go to the to my freezer and I pull out a challah, and pushes, it was, it unintentionally it knocks out the roast, the roast is now sitting on the floor. 
So that rose is cost me seventy, eighty dollars. I don't want it to sit there the whole shop, but it's gonna it's gonna spoil, it's gonna smell horrible, and I just lost eighty dollars. So I say, okay, I I it's muksa, so I can't pick it up and put it back into the freezer. Well, I'm a pretty talented guy. I'm gonna lie down on the floor, or or gal, pick it up, put wedge it between my two feet, and pick it up and put it back into the freezer with my feet. Mutter. And this is actually taking place in the Rheingold household. Um, okay, so that's mutter, because that's total begufa. So if you'd ask the Chazanish, you would say that's also, but Mishabur says it's mutter, and that's how we passed it. Okay, so tilt of a gufa is mutter, even though you're doing it for the purpose of the muksa. I'm there. My goal right now is singly and solely just to save my frozen roast, which is raw, which is muksa. My whole that's my whole goal, just to take care of the muksa. But it's mutter because it's tilt of a gufa. That's so if I can do do tilt of a muksa I want to move it with anything other than my hands. Mouth is a question. Let's let's leave mouth for now. But I want to now that that that's not our discussion. I want to move it with my hands, but I want to move it, carry it on a plate. I want to move it with a knife. I want to take a knife and move it around the table, using the knife to move it around the table. So that's all tiltal minatzad. But tiltal minatzad does not make it mutter as, in and of itself. It's only mutter tiltal minatzad if it's a tzarat davar hamutter. Okay. We're going to make, create some halachic um, coolers based on that, because I'll recognize the fact that we need to find a way to clean up the table. And we have mux items on the table, we have all of these discards on the table, which are mux, we have bones, we have nuts, uh, we have I mean, not nuts, we have shells, we have peels, which are all muksa, and leaving them on the table is obviously going to be uncomfortable. So Chazal created certain coolers and how to move these items based on tiltum and tzad, and we're going to make a, a halachic subterfuge, halachic construct as if we're, my, my goal is the Dabra Hamutter. My real goal is the Dabra Rasser. I want to get this muksa item from point A to point B, from my table into the garbage can. My goal isn't, so I, I take, I, I pick up my, 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 my plate, and there's chicken bones on them, which are now muksa. There's no chicken left on the bone. If there's any chicken left on the bone, it's not muksa. There's no chicken left on the bone. Says, well, yeah, but there's also a knife and a fork. So I'm really carrying the knife and the fork. I just happen to be also carrying the the bone. Well, that's not really true. I'm not. I'm carrying. My real goal is to move the chicken bones away. The knife and the fork I could carry in my hand. But I'm leaving on the table on the on the plate in order to say as if my goal is really the knife and the fork. So, so really, that yes. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's in the list. Uh, this is all introduction still, right? Because uh, I'm sorry, I'm a man. I like talking a lot. What do we do, right? And it says, well, what's the what's the explanation? Right? Okay, I'm sorry, I'm still still, still a man. Can't can't change that. Um, okay, so um, so would that be acceptable? So Chazal said yes, because we want to create a way for you to clean your table. Okay, so now let's look at the list a little bit. So I have bones. Number one, bones with meat marrow on in them, shells with nut pieces still inside of them. So as long as there's there's still meat on the bone, there's still marrow in the bone, there's still nut pieces in the shells. They're not muksa, so therefore they're not muksa on shabbos and They may be moved in any fashion. And there's a big. 
um, minimal. Okay, now. No, has it has it has it something you would eat? The point is, do you eat skins by themselves? So what's the status of the skin? The skins are muksa. Anything which is which people don't need is muksa. It's useless. Muksa, muksa. The difference between muksa and mukhan. Let's go back and let's go back. Let's translate our terms, right? The, the, the Pasuk in Parshas B'Shalach says, Food for, every, anything which is to be used on Shabbos has to have a certain designation that it has a purpose. It has to be functional. So foods are functional, swarm are functional, kalim is functional, etc. Things which are useless are, 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 cannot be moved on Shabbos. So what's useless? So it can be useless because it's also to use. That's a reason why it's useless. I can't use it. It can be useless because I refuse to use it. It's so expensive, I won't use it for anything. Right? So let's say I have an extremely expensive Kiddush cup. It's not useless because I use it for Kiddush. Yeah, but it's worth $10,000 but I use it for Kiddush. It's not Moksa. Let's say I have a very expensive camera. Well, the primary use I can't I can't take pictures on Shabbos. That's an issue to rice. I won't use it for anything else. I'll use it as a paperweight. I'm not using the thing as a paperweight. So it's useless for Shabbos. So it's Moksa. Stones are Moksa. Bones, which, are, which nobody eats, are Moksa because they're useless. Shells are, 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 are useless. They're muksa. So the, the, the primary definition between muksa and mukhan is whether it's useful or useless. So food by definition is ever muksa. I have something which is food at the beginning of Shabbos, and now it became useless, it becomes muksa in the middle of Shabbos. I have a kli which is useful and it breaks in the middle of Shabbos. So depending on certain circumstances, it might become muksa. Okay. Um, so kalim tend to hold on to their their function better than non kalim. So so I had I have shells with nut pieces in them. The the nut pieces are, are edible. So the, and the shells are considered like their purpose is to hold the nut piece. If all we have is the shells, the shells are useless. I can't, I don't have any use for the shells. Well, I, I use them for projects, but since that's not their, they've not been designated for that from before Shabbos. You have walnuts, you break them in half. And I use it for projects with my kids. We do games with them. So since they, the primary function of walnuts is not as a cleat, I would need to do a mice to designate them as a cleat to you for usage. I'd have to do some type of a change where they can't do on Shabbos. So for the Shabbos, they're mooks. I save them after Shabbos, and I paint them during the week. So next next Shabbos, they're not mooks. But this Shabbos, they set it out as as a nutshell for a nut, and I can I cannot do the process of making them into a, a cleat. On Shabbos. Okay, so um, so the same thing with the, the, those little the, 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 that little paper thin type of covering, which is on the different types of nuts, on the peanuts, etc. That's that's an item which is useless. Nobody eats it by itself. You might eat it with the, the with the nut while it's in the nut. It's not a problem. If you want to eat your nut with the with the shell nutshell also, I don't care. But I mean, I mean, we have other issues. But it's on books. It's not a problem. But um, but once they're separated, it becomes useless. So now it's muksa. Okay, bones with no meat or marrow or, or empty shells, so they're muksa. So now what? So what do we do with them? Um, or let's say another example, number three: bread pieces less than a kazais. So Kazal said that 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 anything less than a kaz- pieces of bread left over after the meal, during the meal, they're not muksa because you might still eat it, even though it's small, you might eat it. People even pick up little crumbs they, and eat them during the meal. 
Once the meal is over, nobody goes back to eat those little crumbs. So they became muksa. And the chazal set the shear of the size of that as a kazayas. So pieces which are left over, which are, which, which are less than a kazayas, um, would potentially be muksa. But you can feed it to your animals, so it has a function. Well, if I have an animal and I tend to feed these things to the animal, that's not a problem. So then they're not muksa. I don't own an animal, but there are animals in the neighborhood. So that's, um, there are food, if they are food for domestic dogs, birds in the neighborhood, they're not mooks in this neighborhood, it can be moved in any fashion. Um, so, so there's, there's in, in, in my neighborhood, we, we, you know, we have dogs. So and, and people will feed this type of bone to a dog. We are a very fancy neighborhood. All the dogs in our neighborhood are very, very picky and they refuse to eat bones, you know. We've trained our dogs that they they turn up that they only want to eat you know uh, you know they, they watch the TV commercials and they only eat whatever nobody feeds bones to the dog so it doesn't help you. Um, if I own a dog and I feed bones to the dogs even though the dog refuses it because he doesn't he watches the commercials that's you know so then it's not books I'm feeding it to the dogs but I don't own a dog but I say well there's people in the neighborhood who use it for dogs well nobody does so that would that that's that's that doesn't help you but if people do. Tend to do it, even though I don't do it. So this is in this neighborhood. This is not a this is not a item. It has a function, so I can move it regularly. Okay, right. Okay. Um, okay. So now let's say number four is this is the the first two scenarios scenarios two and three again, but there's no dogs in the neighborhood, or it can't be eaten by dogs or birds. Let's say by chicken bones, or a yomtiv. The hetter of feeding it to dogs doesn't work on Yomtev. It only works on Shabbos. So on Yomtev, I have this great bone which I would feed to a dog. So if I have a dog, it's not a problem. But if I don't have a dog, um, so um, um, and I tend, and if I have a dog and I tend to feed these bones to dogs, that's a normal use that I do. So then Yomtev will be okay. But if I, I don't have uh, a dog, even though there are dogs in the neighborhood, or even if I have dogs, I don't tend to feed them these bones. So Yonta, that would be muksa. So now I have I have something on my table which is muksa. So what do I do? So are there any atarium to get it get it off the table? Okay. So so we in the, in the in the third column. So we go through a few possibilities. Now number one is I I, I can do near. I said like I, I can shake off the stone off of the top of the. Um, of the uh, barrel, yeah. Thank you. That's our, that's looking for that word, yeah. Um, you can so the same way you can shake off from the table onto the floor. Now, how do you get to deal with it on the floor? That'll that'll be a question later on. How do you sweep the floor? Because when you're sweeping the floor, you're taking a broom, and you're using the broom to sweep muksa, because the stuff on the floor is muksa. Let's say so. Well, I'm not touching it directly. But by now we know that that doesn't help us not touching something directly. I'm using my hands. If I'm very talented and I, I sweep my broom with my feet, that's phenomenal. But since most people don't do that, they use their hands to sweep the, use the broom. So they're moving muksa with their hands indirectly for the tzarek of moving muksa because they want to get the muksa out of the way. So that's called, that would be usr, theoretically. Because now we're nice enough to create some material. So we'll get to that. Okay, so now look at, look at the second... So we have bullet points. The second bullet point in, in, in row four, column three, is take a knife and scrape them off the table to the floor. 
if I need the space on the table. So now, by now, we should understand that concept. Here, I'm using a knife. That's not direct movement. That's indirect movement. It's tilting me in its side. But I'm, but, but I'm moving muksa with a knife. But since if my goal is because I need the spot on the table, so it's it's so should and I'm not and I have no need for that spot on the table anymore. So I, I don't have that head to. Um We have guests coming, and we just had a quick you know, uh, the kids had some nuts and they they piled up the nuts on the table. They cracked the nuts open and it says, oh my gosh, I need to set the table for the guests which are coming. I need that spot. Okay, so so now I'm doing tiltamid atzad not because I want the muksa somewhere, because I need to I need the spot. So my goal is the dabra mutter, which is the spot. That's mutter. Okay, that's heter number two. Heter number three. Um, so, is is carrying something on a plate called tiltum in outside? So the person will say no. That's not since the plate is there to to hold the items, hold the items, which are on it. That's that's called direct tilt. That's not called tiltum in outside. Okay, it's it's not it's not as easy as tiltum in outside. However. Let's say there are two items on the plate. So I can say, well, the purpose of carrying the pl- holding the plate is to carry the, the, the item A, which is not muksa. And item B is coming along for a ride. Then it becomes tiltum in It's tiltum in My primary purpose is that. Well, it's not really true. But Chazal came along and said, we're going to make a leniency. Okay? What's a leniency? We're going to consider it as if that's your primary purpose in order to f- give you a way to clean your table. So you can scrape the muksa onto the plate, which the uh, the plate has um, a, a knife on it, a fork on it, a spoon on it. It has it has it has something else on it which is not muksa. And then you carry it with the shells or with the knife to the garbage. So the whole way I'm going, I'm carrying non muksa and muksa. I go to the sh- I go I go to the garbage can. I hold the plate with the knife. And I tilt off the muksa. So, theoretically, that should not be mutter, because my, my real goal isn't carrying the knife. My real goal is to get the muksa out of the way. But Chazal came along and said, a leniency, we're going to continue, we're going to consider this as if it's tiltum in the tzad, over a mutter, and it's going to be mutter. Yes. Um, I, I, I always assumed, not always, for many years I assumed that that napkin is not acceptable. Uh, within the last 10 years I saw somewhere, and I, I cannot recall where, that they, they discussed this issue and they felt even a napkin would be acceptable. Not your hands. Right. So that, that the point of this is that you cannot, moving with your hands is tiltal, direct tiltal, and that's not mutter. The heter is tiltal me not sad, the tzarech over a mutter. And we're going to give a halachic subterfuge as if this is considered it's a halachic uh, fiction as if this is the tarot of our But it has to be tiltum and tzad. It cannot be direct tiltum. Okay. Um, you know, I, I have, I, because I'm looking at the handout, I can't see the, everybody's, everybody's face. Yes. So um, at, once they get to the point you would use, you would not use them anymore. So they they become muksa. Yeah. 
So napkins, I mean, unless they're really, really dirty, I mean, you know, you might still quickly use them. If there's, if one of the kids, like, you know, really got something bad in their face, you'll quick up, pick up the napkin and you'll wipe their face with it. So it hasn't, it hasn't become useless yet, right? Um, you know, the, the, the cupcake wrapper, if it still has uh, some, some cupcakes on it, then theoretically your kids would be happy to offer to lick it off, even though you would not let them. That's not, that's not moksa. If you really, you got these fancy cupcake cupcake wrappers which really release the cupcake perfectly, and now they're you know they're, they're really not going to be used anymore. Um, the only hector maybe over there is that that's in their kli. Until you throw the kli into the garbage, could be they're not moksa. Uh, but, uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that maybe. I don't know. I have to think about that. Yeah. So theoretically, you could what you could do again. So so now you have. I mean, let's say you did it on a plate, right? A man a man would do it on the table, a woman would do it on the plate. Right? That's just like part of the reality of life, right? All right. So um, yeah. Right. So so a woman does it on the plate. So on the plate you have you have muksa and non muksa because there's still some there's still some edible sunflower seeds there. So then we could, again, you could have this halachic, this halachic construct that we're making, this halachic fiction, that my goal is for the non-muksa as opposed to for the muksa. Um, but let's say it's on the, on the table. I still would have to, that doesn't allow me to move it directly. I, would still, I can't use my hand to move it. I would have to uh, scrape it with a knife onto a plate and do the same thing. So once I have muksa and non-muksa, so Chazal allowed for this halachic fiction. Uh, between me and you and the lamppost, my goal isn't those those few sunflower seeds which are edible. My goal is all the shells, right? So really, it, sh- it should have been us. But Chazal recognized that we really need to have come up with a solution to allow us to move it. Say so allowed us to consider it as if that's my that's my 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 my, my goal. Right. So that's the same thing as putting a knife on the plate. Right. Okay. Now, some... Yes. During the... During the... During the meal, they're, they're not moksa. Because they still... still through, after the meal, right. So, regardless of my wife's question, you can use a napkin. So, according to the, that, that sheet, they said you can use a napkin. You can use a napkin. So, but you use a napkin, let's say, onto a, onto a plate, but now you you have mux items on your plate. So you would have to have something else on the plate to allow you to then take it to the garbage can. Okay. Um, so now, um, then, yes. So, so number five is plastic tablecloth with scraps. Can you roll off a table? No, it's not a, it's not a problem. Well, uh, yeah, Panina, yeah.
Okay, so let's let's go to the next chapter. Okay, so the next chapter is that the, if it, now I, I wrote there's a very large amount of scraps on the table. I can just carry them in one shot to the garbage. Now the reason why I wrote that um, is because in my in my male thought process, I sort of assume that people would would could be sometimes accept small amounts. What do I mean like this? There's a hetzer in Allah called Grafsharei. Grafsharei literally was that they lived in a world where there's something called a chamber pot. And keeping the chamber pot with its contents in the house was clearly revolting. Now, Batsim, what's in the chamber pot is muksa. It has It's a useless item, so it's muksa. Because also, we're not going to make you keep that here over Shabbos. They allowed a person to take that item directly uh, and out to, to wherever they would discard it, etc. So that's Allah of Graf Sharei. So Allah says it's not limited to that. Anything which a person would find revolting, disgusting, extremely uncomfortable, uh, even though it's muksa, you're allowed to move it directly. So I have I have garbage in my garbage can. And it's the summertime, and the air conditioning's not working so well, and the stuff is starting to, to, to rot, and it smells. So it's, it's, it, it really, it's really disgusting. So I want to pick up my garbage bag and take it out, to the, out, out of my house. There's, no, there's an area I don't have a problem with carrying. Right? It's yumped, I don't have a problem with carrying. I want to take, carry it outside. Right? Um, but it's muksa. All it is is what's in there is, is this, the, the things which are no longer being used. So they're, they're useless at this point in time. They're muksa. Am I allowed to carry it? The answer is yes, because there's a hetero called graf Sharei. So what defines graf Sharei? I find it mildly uncomfortable, the fact that there's some shells sitting on my table. Right? So that's not graf Sharei. Right? I, I, when I think about it, it, push it, it makes me feel like I, want, I'm, I almost feel sick from the, the thought. So that's graf Sharei. Now, so there's some, graf Sharei is subjective. Uh, but uh, but it has to be honest, you know. I really don't, you know. Re- I'm really embarrassed, uh, you know, because so and so should know that I, I I'm on a good balabuster. I don't think that counts. Right? You know, it has to be the, the honestly. It's something which really people find, people inje- the reaction is disgust, not you know embarrassment. Um, so, am I male thought process? I said that there might be more true if there's a large amount than there's a small amount. So when I gave this show last time, the lady said, well, even a little bit, it makes me feel revolted. I said, okay, if it makes you feel revolted, it makes you feel, I don't care, you know, right? But um, now, in, the, in, in that point, the next bullet point is, if that's true that only bothers you, um, if there's a, lar- there's, a lar- there's, a, there's a pile of them, but one or two doesn't bother you, so if you take some of them at a time, you leave one or two, you can't come back and take the rest. Because now it's not, it's not a graf charade anymore. It doesn't have that head to So you would have... If, but at, at one shot, you can take the whole thing. So don't take some if you, well, you left, will no longer be revolting to you. Okay. You can take it directly with your hands. There's no, there's no, there's no need for any other head there. Right. Okay. So, um, um, If they're on, the, if they're on the plate already, so you're 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 good to go. So they're on the plate already. I just have if that they allowed you to clean the table, even though it's not re- without being revolting. I, I don't need the spots. I, I want to clean my table. I want to get the, the so it's already on the plate. I'm doing tilting and tzad and sarf davar and mutter. No, no, no. 
the hetter of Tiltum and Atzad, without being revolted. Need something else on the plate. Charles, how do we get onto the plate? That's that's that that was Penina's question. How do you get onto the plate? So make sure that your kids, whatever you know, when they're cracking notes and do it on the plates, right? Yeah, I, I know. I see the smile over there. Yeah, <laughs> right. Tell me about it. Yeah, you know. Um. Um. Okay, number 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 five. So plastic golf with scraps. Can you roll? Can can you just roll it up and, t- and take it off the table? So what's the problem? The problem over here is that there's mux items on the on the tablecloth. Um, okay, so um, one su- one suggestion is you can leave disposable washable plasticware um, on the tablecloth and roll it up with those in it. So the reason why I said washable is I grew up in the generation where they had disposable like paper cuts and stuff like that, which after you use them you couldn't reuse them, or you have paper plates, right? Once they've been used and they're saturated a little bit, they're useless. So that's the, that's the, the, the plate becomes moksa. Right. So forget about the uh, about the the food on it. The, the, plate, the plate at some point in time becomes it, it saturates and it's it's you know half falling apart, etc. It's not a plate anymore. It's not a functional plate. It's in itself becomes moksa. So they used to have these, these paper cups, which were not plastic. They, they weren't waxed. They're coated, and they were the um, you still, still maybe get you know snow cones you know some places also by the time you're finished at the end you know it's soaked through the snow cone and it's it's, it's the, the plate the paper it's you know, they're useless but something which is still which is still is usable even if it's dirty but theoretically you could wash it um, but you're not planning to keep them you're not buying, but meanwhile before you actually throw them out they're not muksa so I'm carrying the tablecloth together with the, the plastic forks. So that would be uh, would be, would be tiltum in that I'm carrying the tablecloth like carrying a plate, with muksa and non muksa on it. So that'd be the same hetter. So that was Melissa's question. Yeah, somebody had a question. No, okay. Um, okay, number six. I put a bullet point there and they move the six over a little bit. Okay, so we're not discussing my phenomenal abilities in the world of uh, word documents. Scraping um, many of your chicken. Up. That way. Yeah. Okay, so um, so there's a rule by Graf Sharei called Ein Osen Graf Sharei So you should not create the situation So that could be in one of me in multiple ways. So once I mean, one is I have something which is revolting, but it's in a room in the, the back of the house, which I'm not planning to go there the whole Shabbos. Well, I would like to move it. So I go and I'll, I'll go on inside and read my, read my, my book next to it. So I say, oh, this is revolting. And I carry it outside. So that's, that's called being oyster graf I'm creating a graf situation, it's really not bothering me, which is the back of the house, and I'm sitting in the front. I just back around, I want to figure out a way to get it out to the, right? So that's one situation. Second situation is the more obvious case, I'm creating something which, which right now, right now, it's not revolting. I'm creating being revolting. So, for example, so the the, the, the famous issue of scraping your plates by the table, right? So you have the what do you mean? It's, it's famous all over the world, right? So, so I have this, this this plate, and you know, and there's like we had you know uh, twelve people at a table, and some bucker decides he's going to do us a favor, and he's going to 
put all of the discards onto one plate. So there's skins and there's bones and there's like little, little few pieces of beans, etc. The whole thing is revolting, right? On one plate, you know. And each time I plate, I don't look at a plate, you know. There's a chicken bone. It's not revolting. The fact that there's you know a chicken bone on that plate, but a whole pile of all together is like really sickening, right? Yeah, well, now it's Grafsha Raids. What's it a move? But nobody had, gave me a right to pile them up on, on the one plate and create a Grafsha Raid. Okay, so so I don't, the, the chicken bones, I can't feed them my animals. Or, or it's meat bones, but there's no animals around. So, or Tiyamta, which, which, which I don't have a hat of giving to the animals. So I want to take all my bare chicken bones onto one plate and create, create a Grafsha Raid. And now I have a hat that I can carry it straight to the, to the garbage. But you can't do the Chachila. So you cannot, you cannot, in the second column, you cannot initially play, pile them on plate to make a situation which bothers you. Okay. Um, so, number one. Number two, so you have muksa bones, and you're doing two stages of moving it. You're picking it up from plate A and going to plate B, carrying the muksa bone. So if there's cutlery there, right, Zog created the header to get it off the table. They didn't create the header to move it to another place on the table and pour it onto another plate on the table. Right? So what's your header to pick up the chicken bones on that plate and go to somewhere else on the table and scrape it off? Pick it up and get it off the table. That's the whole idea. But you can't move them twice for no good reason. So what you're really doing is by doing that is you're moving it twice. I'm picking it up from place A on the table to place B on the table. So the first plate is sitting in its spot and it's minding its own business and not going anywhere. The second plate, how did it get to the first plate? It was moved there, carrying mooks on it. So what's the so scraping on, 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 on the table? Besides the potential issue of, of burr, which might be generated, I think there are there are potentially are there are, are, are mooks issues as well. Again, the hetter of silverware. Together with muksa is only is, is a is a fiction to allow you to get the muksa off the table. So, if I'm going taking it off the table to the garbage can, that's a valid because we were ha- very happy to allow me to do that. If I'm picking it up in order to move it to somewhere else on the table, so I because I was in the saying like saying what are you doing? We gave you a hatter to get it up to carry it with the muksa. Because we want you to have a way to get the mooks away from the table, you bring it back to the table. So if, if I if I was if I was driving a buy, I would be very upset at you. Okay. So. If if that's not not something which is which is acceptable for me to keep it in the kitchen, even in the kitchen, I find it I find it uncomfortable, or I need the space on the counter or something of that sort. Um, so I invite to have a hetter. Now, should he have done that, or sh- he or she have done that? I, I'm not a big. I you know if we look at the third column, just click one plate at a time with a flat where other edible foods scrapped on the table and dump or scrape it into the garbage. Really, the best thing to do is doing straight into the garbage. Now. By my kids, I might prefer that I do it because this way I guarantee that the, the, the silver doesn't go into the garbage, uh, right? Because of, uh, if they do it, I can after Shabbos, I'm going to have to sit and sift through the garbage bag to find the silverware which is lost, right? So I want to take over. Yes, so theoretically, that's all part of the process. So then I have a valid reason to do it in two stages. 
that doing it by the table, it's very hard to create a valid reason to do it in two stages. Um, so they'll, they'll, they'll take, wait their turn to put it into the garbage can. Okay. Um, okay, so similar issue to that is number seven. So a person is shelling nuts or peeling eggs onto the table. Let's say you're sitting in the kitchen, Shabbos afternoon, you're right next to the garbage can, and you decide to have a hard-boiled eggs. You go into the fridge, you take out the carboiled egg, you crack it on the table, and you and you leave the, the, the eggshells, and you put the eggshells on the table. Like, put the eggshells into the garbage can. It's right behind you. So you bring oyster graphs, I find eggshells on the table, drives me crazy. Okay, so I'll put it on the table. Put it in the garbage can. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're shelling nuts. You know, you're, you're peeling a banana. You, you know, your kids are very good at that. They're leaving it on the table. Put it in the garbage can, right, if, if, if that option exists, you know. So in a case where that would be a valid option, your person should try to do it directly into the garbage can. Otherwise, well, I have a heter. I find, I find banana peels sitting on the kitchen table. Really, really ich. okay. But it doesn't matter so much to do it with the if you have another option. Okay. Um, so it is not, and at this point in time, it is 9.27. Now, you understand why we took three shurim to get through this this chart. Um, now, and we'll take one question, and then I have, I have a kudus in three minutes. Yes. Tila. You know, Tila, you, you, you faded in and out. I didn't, I didn't hear the question quite clearly. I'm sorry. I hope so. So I mean, so you know, let let's say the person is in the middle of preparing, get, getting the pseudo going, you know, and there's like five things going in the kitchen. So making them go to the the, the garbage can is, is is not as easy as doing it so elsewhere. So that's that you have a valid reason to do it elsewhere. And I, I I take a, I cut open a cantaloupe, and I have all of the insides of the cantaloupe, etc. So I just want to do it onto onto. The, so theoretically, I could go to the garbage can and do it, but there's somebody else working with the garbage can, and we're getting ready for this, getting ready for the meal. I don't have time to do that, so that's fine. But I'm just saying the scenario where it's just as e easily equal to do it into the garbage can as doing the table. A person should do it onto the garbage into the garbage can. Otherwise, do not create a muksa situation like Akhila, and then say afterwards, "Well, it's muksa. I have to use a heter." When I have an option of avoiding the whole thing, very easily avoiding the whole thing. If I have a reason why I'm doing it, that then then it's mutter. That's part of how you make meals. We theoretically make everybody eat their meat, their their chicken over the over the garbage can, and have the the, the bones fall straight into the into the, the garbage can. But that's that's not realistic. That's not how you eat a meal. So that's not how you prepare a meal either. So that that's fine. So. 
So I would just suggest in a situation, put it, in the, put it. You can suspend the garbage bag into the garbage into the garbage bag, and then and then close. You're putting it directly into the garbage can, and then just close it up afterwards. Essie had a question. The bone is still muksa, but that's all part of this halachic fiction. I'm carrying the plate with muksa and non-muksa, so we look at your, your primary purpose is the non-muksa. So it's called tiltamin atzav, the tzarech tavra mutter, and it's muksa. Even though that's not necessarily true, my, my goal is for the, the muksa maybe even more than the non-muksa, because the bone bothers me more than the piece of kugel. But but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll create a fiction that's acceptable. Okay, lady. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to have to pick up next time. So... Um, just I, I I have to go, um, but I'm sorry I'm being so detailed. But the mice are very detailed. <laughs> okay, very good. Thank you for joining. Okay. Uh, there's one there's one person in the chat over here. What about leaning on the car? Leaning on the car is mutter, unless you're gonna you're going to cause the car to move. Yeah, you're allowed. Yes, yes, you're, you're allowed to lean on the car. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound very Jewish. I know, I know, I know. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, call to it. Okay, bye.